You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Colch Nero chat back in your ears on this Monday morning. I'm Jeremy, joined per usual by Robbie. How you doing, man? How you doing, Jeremy? We're, we're back in your ear holes. That's correct. Uh, did you catch the, the Super Bowl last night? I did. I watched uh, the first quarter and a half and then I fell asleep. Uh, so yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's the annoying thing about being an, an NFL and NBA fan in, in Europe is that is that um, it's the timing is just all off. Much like uh, La Liga fan in, in America, yep. uh, it's just the timing is just all over the place. So you have to be. If it was the Bears, as I'm a Chicago fan, I, I lived in Chicago for a couple of years, so I I'm a Bulls, Bears, White Sox fan. Um, and if it was the Bears in the Super Bowl, I would have stayed up. But the fact that it was, uh, I had no real kind of dog in the fight. I just, uh, I, um, I didn't bother. I didn't bother making a big effort to stay awake. <laughs> but I did see your, I did see your tweet about uh, the Rocks' uh, indecision on which, yeah. were, which, which, which. <laughs> and I was thinking the same because those pants were. Um, I don't know if it was the, the pants just made his waist look tiny. Like <laughs> they did, it made it look like he had shrunk. <laughs> yeah, like no, no, not 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 his upper half. He's like a, a top heavy fraction. Like it was. Yeah. Like, what, what? He's always been huge. Like, but those pants just made it look like he had no, no arse, no waist. <laughs> like, what 
<laughs> looked like he was just all upper body, and he needed to pick one yeah. one shade of red. You cannot do both. It's like a style yeah, faux pas. Brother. But hey, listen, we're talking about his fashion. The whole thing was weird, and uh, I don't know how many of your fans are. Our, our fans are from uh, America, but um, I just think it was just weird. It was just so weird because, like, what 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 is the Super Bowl exactly? Like, it's just so weird. It's just such a it's like a entertain. And I know that like soccer tournaments are going that way now as well. But yeah, like, it's just it's just so bizarre. Like the the Super Bowl is it's a it's not even a game anymore. It's an event. It's a it's a it's no. festivities. Exactly. Yeah. And the Rock on he was on the field, like and the teams were just kind of standing behind him waiting. They're just waiting for kickoff. <laughs> just bizarre, man. Bizarre. Almost as bizarre as an Atletico Madrid game, eh? Yeah. Oh, surreal. And an excellent transition into uh, what we're going to be talking about on this edition of the show, Robbie. Uh, Atletico's uh, thrillings, uh, 4-3 victory over Hitafe on Saturday. Uh, as, as Sid Lowe pointed out, the team that used to play games in binary code are, are now playing five, six, and seven goal thrillers every weekend. Um, and this one, another crazy bonkers back and forth game. We're going to talk all about it. The most important thing about this game, though, uh, was what happened around it. Barcelona dropping points against Espanyol on Sunday means Atletico can go three points clear with a win over Levante on Wednesday. Uh, Robbie, I know we've asked it multiple times this season, but is this it? Is this the turning point for Atletico Madrid? I think it might be a turning point in terms of just embracing the chaos. Uh, I, I think I've said that before, but mm. yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I think it's uh, no. Like, I mean, I don't think it's a turning point. I just think this is who Atletico are, though. Um, and I know we'll get onto it now, but just to kind of go back to the rock and his indecision on what color to wear. Mm. Felipe, Felipe needed had no such indecision. He was going for red all the way, man. He oh yeah. No other... <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is just who Atletico Madrid are, and I think it speaks to not only the the uh, chaos that this group of players seems to not enjoy, but seems to kind of um, uh, bring out. This group of players are just a, they they just enjoy chaos, I'll say, um, but also it speaks to the kind of dysfunction I think. Not within the dressing room, but within the structures of the the team and the squad building and everything, because like, I just feel like, not not that not that there's not that there's a, some kind of a mutiny or, or anything like that against Simeone, but I think that all is not well there. There's something just not right here, um, and it's been kind of evident uh, uh, all season, but. Just some of the comments that Simeone made and Joe Felix made recently to Dermot Corrigan in the Athletic. And yeah, I don't know. I just I just get the feeling that yeah, everything's not right there at the moment. Um, and and yeah, that the performances speak to that, and the the, the chaotic nature of how this team plays also too. Like uh, from everything, from from the way that they concede to the to the decision, Felipe's red card. Like that's just. That's just ill discipline. It's it speaks of a team that's um, uh, not really tuned in and kind of I don't know uh, 
what's going on. But um, yeah, it's um, and then I apologise to the listeners for being so kind of vague about it. I don't know anything. I'm not holding nothing bad. I'm not like <laughs> saying, but I just get the, that's just a feeling that I have that this all is not really well in the camp at the moment. Because Joao told uh, Dermot Corgan in the Athletic last week that he knows exactly what the problem is, but it's better if he doesn't talk about it. Simeone in the press conference then says, this is as close to verbatim as I can recall. Um, if Joao knows what the problem is, I'd love for him to say it. I'd love for him to tell me. Not a great thing you want to hear from from coach and player, uh, kind of speaking across each other and not being clear or direct. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't have any insider info i'm not claiming to but at the same time it it just look at how the team has been playing virtually the whole season a scramble to come back into all these games no clear defined style uh it seems like there there is a a fracture in the cholismo philosophy that has driven atletico forward for the past 10 years and it's, it's a real crossroads it's a real fork in the road and we're gonna have to see if atletico are able to win enough games with this chaos in order to clinch top four, which is a club objective year in and year out. This win over Hitafe could go a long way to doing that, Robbie. Um, it started out so well, 2-0 up in the first half hour. Atletico then concede three times in the next 15 minutes before equalizing at halftime. Felipe gets sent off and the team improves before Mario Hermoso scores an absolutely ridiculous goal. Like, how do we explain Mario Hermoso? How do we explain him? Yeah, yeah I, I think, but I think you said it there. Like you're playing with fire, and it's just, it's just a matter of can this team win enough games in this fashion while they're playing with fire? And right. As, as, as we know, playing with fire can be fun for uh, for paramedics, but it can also lead to serious time spent in the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. So like. <laughs> So I mean, you 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 are you, they are playing with fire at the moment, and they, we will from now until the end of the season see more results like this, where Atletico Madrid fans are left uh, celebrating. But we're also probably it probably also means that we're going to be left scratching our heads uh, more often maybe than not. But um, but uh, yeah, like I mean, Armoso is is a symptom of the dysfunction. Mm. He, he was fine. Mario Armoso is fine. Like, look, okay, he's never been a pillar of of, of stoicism, of of uh, of uh, soundness at the back. That's fair enough. But he's never been this bad, or never been this kind of uh, uh, unpredictable. Same with Felipe. Like, and I just think it's just like. The same can be said for Jan Oblak. Uh, like, like I, I, I was, I, I got in a little bit of a debate on Twitter about, uh, on Saturday night, a tiny one, but uh, it was kind of like people saying about how Koke's dropped off and Jan Oblak's dropped off and Felipe's dropped off and, and Hermoso's dropped off. Like, it, it can't just be collective uh, uh, poor form. There's something kind of deeper. Mm. And whether that's tactical, whether that's in the dressing room, whether that's, uh, I mean, Simeone's words just kind of not getting through. I don't think it's it's okay to do it. I don't think it's, um, it explains enough to say, oh, Oblak just went from being the best goalkeeper in the world to being below average. Koke 
is the same, Felipe the same, Hermoso. And if it is a case of them being individually poor, just not being good enough, why do you keep picking them? Like, like again, back to the fire metaphor, you keep playing with fire, you're going to get burned. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, so in terms of this, and, and I'm not saying this is in its entirety, I, I think it's, it's, possible i don't think it's probable i think it's possible that these players just aren't playing well and jan oblak is kind of regressing to some kind of a normalcy after years of being ridiculous um, and 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 i guess it, it, it's possible but i don't think it's probable that that um that every one of these players just happens to be not playing well and um, and yeah i i i i, I mean it's um, it's multifactorial there's loads of things that 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 can lead to this kind of a collapse but i just think that uh i just think that um th- these people in different contexts and with a sounder base are probably not making these decisions uh, and getting sent off the way felipe is and and and, and things like that yeah there's there's a middle ground like atletico were not and are not as good as they were the first half of last season when they started 16 wins, two draws, one defeat in the first 19 games. And these players are also, a, a good chunk of them, are not as bad as they have shown for most of this season. Koke is a an O-Black are prime examples of how they were two of Atletico's three, probably three or four best players last year, and they have just, their form has completely dropped off a, a cliff. And we've talked about that throughout the season tried to provide some context why Oblak has struggled, uh, why his metrics have regressed, why Koke just looks overwhelmed every single game. And it's it's a, a whole bunch of reasons coalescing into why Atletico games look like, like this now. Uh, but at least it's not, you know, we're not talking about boring goalless stalemates anymore, Robbie. At least we're talking about seven goals in, in a single game. We're talking about six, seven goal thrillers that are fun. It's, it's out of control, but it's fun. And... Yeah, it's a matter of can Atletico get enough of these results to hold off Barca, to hold off La Real, Villarreal, etc. That's pretty much it. Yeah, but but I also think that um, like like yes, we're not talking about stalemates, but we're also not talking about a team who's decided to play like this. That's true. You look at Marcelo. You you look at Marcelo Bielsa, and he his teams win lose four three. 3-1, 5 and he this is a decision, a conscious decision made by him that this is how it's going to be. I don't think Diego Simeone has sat down and said, I'm, this is how I'm going to play. I think this is just a byproduct of, like, like there's, there's a difference between controlled chaos and just be, a game being completely out of control. I think that Katafe game, Atletico were out. It was it was kind of out of control. It could have gone either way, and it wasn't like Simeone was rubbing his rubbing his hands together, saying, "Yeah, this is how we want it." I think this is just a symptom of the the kind of lack of uh, again uh, like uh, lack of kind of tactical clarity as to what they're trying to do. So uh, yeah, like. Uh, uh, it should be more fun than it is right now because I think at the back of it all, we all know that this doesn't really make any sense, which can be fun in its own way, but it's also like, if you bring in a manager like Bielsa, you're like, okay, we're ready for this because this is how he plays. Whereas at Simeone, I think at the back of it, we're sitting here going, 
this isn't fun because it doesn't make any sense. It, it's, <laughs> it should. It, it's, it's there's no there's no there's no design behind it. I I feel like anyway, um, I, and I don't think Simeone is all of a sudden sudden turned into a Marcelo Bielsa either. So I I just think it's a case of Simeone and the players at his disposal not really being able to control games the way that they they might like. Yeah, even though Bielsa is a major influence or has been a major influence on Simeone throughout his playing and coaching career, um, he, we have never seen Simeone become a, a Bielsista as a coach. You know, we, we have seen this is the polar opposite of Cholismo's like core tenets that we saw uh, shine so brightly in the earlier years of Cholo's decade-long tenure on the bench. Uh, Atletico have actually been better this season when they have gone behind. Stefan Savage said as much after the, the Barcelona game last weekend that um, Atletico only seem to wake up when there's like, serious danger or it, it takes a, a goal or two down before Atleti start to play. And they have, I wrote about this on Sunday, they have an aggregate plus seven goal difference when trailing by at least one goal in a game. In all other situations, uh, I think Atletico have been outscored this year. It's a team that cannot play with the lead. It's a team that cannot play when the game state is when when the game is level when the score is tied. Um, they have to be behind before responding, and it really does go against um, any um, semblance of control. Right? It is the complete opposite of control. Atletico are playing catch up in virtually every game now it seems or at least the performance is bad enough to where it requires late drama like we saw again on saturday night and yeah i i, I find it hard to believe but this that this is by design but maybe it should be this is the only way that a squad this imbalanced and with this many absences throughout the season is gonna win games uh no yannick carrasco on saturday no jose jimenez either and atletico still found a way to win and it was very important three points but yeah I, I echo your concerns that this is not the plan and it's not sustainable uh, if Atletico can sustain it for three more months and get into the top four then then there there's going to be another conversation uh and there will be massive concern if if they don't sustain it and they don't get into the top four and they end up in the Europa League or worse yeah yeah and and, and, and that's 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 the problem on a week-to-week -week basis we don't know like like just back to Bielsa, what every week it's got it's the same. You can you can look forward to the games knowing, having some idea what you're going to get with Atletico. You don't really know because it could they could they could just perform really poorly and and and, and it could be a complete bore fest. But um, but but I do think as well the fact that he played Cunha I think is massive. I think Cunha yes. was excellent. Uh, he he does he does the work of two men in a way, and and having Luis Suarez there with someone surrounding him with active energetic players, because because make no mistake about it, as critical as I have been of Luis Suarez, he still requires attention. If you leave him on his own in the box, he's going to do damage. Like right. um, uh, yeah, and and he will find those little pockets and spaces. Uh, but leaving him up there on his own, uh, I, I mean, it's it's just it's you might as well be playing with ten players. Put Cunha beside him, and put the little uh, the little will o' the wisp Angel Correa <laughs> to the right of him, and and all of a sudden you, you do look a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more unpredictable, creating chances out of nothing, um, you know, and and it, it just it just breeds life into the team and does give it a bit more energy, um, and I think Cunha. 
so impressed by him and and uh, his his willingness to work, uh, scoring. Um, I mean, and I, I, this is, and I, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to. I, I, it, it's something that does bother me though and annoy me in that it is it's so hard for players to earn Simeone's trust which is which is a good thing in a way it keeps it keeps order on things and it keeps it it, it um it, it, it's a it, it's a meritocracy in terms of you have to earn your 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 starting place and stuff but like Cunha this is what Cunha offers and you can't say oh but he, but he hasn't done it. he hasn't been given the chance to do it play him regularly and see and, and, and let him play and I think that um, I think Simeone is kind of accepted well, we, we, we won't know until we for another couple of games yet but I think just by starting Cunha besides Suarez it kind of showed a willingness to maybe try something different and while not turning into Bielsa I think maybe embracing the fact that his team can't defend properly and that um, that uh, that by giving that little bit more, uh, giving that little bit of an oomph up front, uh, it it, um, it 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 lightens the load on the defenders. But having said that, like two two Katafe's goals were were penalties, uh, and had nothing really to do with defensive structure either. So it's it's um it's a tough one to to do, but to 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 analyze it. Uh, when it's kind of individual errors, but um, but yeah, like, and then Philippe against sent off and stuff. So it, it is tough, but I do think there is a, um, but by playing Cunha, there's maybe a sign of some acceptance that he needs to try something different in attack. And Cunha was also unfortunately responsible for one of those penalties. Uh, the the first one that Unal dispatched, sending Oblak the wrong way. It made it 2-2, but yeah, to your point on Cunha and Correa as well, I want to talk about both of them. Uh, Cunha just offers so much that no other forward in the squad does. Uh, we've both written about him a bit this year, and I think we were both lukewarm about his arrival over the summer. Uh, he was a bit of an unknown quantity coming from a bottom half uh, team in the Bundesliga. Uh, there were concerns over his work rate and his track record, but he's put a lot of concerns to bed um, over the 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 majority of this season uh better than a goal and an assist averaged per 90 minutes uh he's not on a period of like hot finishing or or finishing luck his expected goals and his goals are um i think he's around four expected goals he's scored five in under 600 minutes which is the best goals per 90 return in the entire team Uh, he offers a, a lot of physicality a lot of energy intensity athleticism and he's a, he's becoming a very good finisher. Like this is a guy who could replace Suarez as the team's number nine, uh, because he's got those reference point qualities about him. And I I do think Simeone needs to consider making him, um, giving him more regularidad. He needs to give him that con- those consistent minutes, uh, because he offers something that really helps the team. Even if Atletico aren't going to transition to the high pressing style. I think we both want them to transition to. Cunha still offers so much, especially when he is partnered with Suarez, who doesn't do any running anymore and uh, is going to attract a lot of attention wherever he is because his reputation precedes him. And, I mean, what can we say about Angel Correa as well? Uh, His first double-digit goal season, two more against Hitafe, the reigning player of the month. 
uh, I'd argue he's simply Atletico's best player, like, all season, uh, given his availability, his consistency, everything he's offered. Um, I wasn't sure Correa was going to reach this level, but it's a testament to him and a testament to Simeone and the coaching staff for continuing to nurture him, develop him, and believe in him. He's he's having an exceptional season, and he's so fundamental for Atletico this year. Yeah, and I, I, I um, it's funny because I didn't really believe in him. I actually had, I don't want to go all uh, insider here, but... A, a data analyst for a, a, a European club messaged me when a couple of years ago when Angel Correa was being touted as uh, possibly leaving Atletico and they asked me if the underlying numbers because they had a the person in question had had an idea of of, of, um, of what Angel Correa did based on numbers based on, on whatever the numbers they had and I, and, I, and I said no like I think he's a bit unpredictable I, I'm not entirely sure if he's ever going to fulfill the potential and stuff and the person said okay that's kind of what the idea I had and not entirely sure if he's worth it whatever and then and I was happy saying that the price in question wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't he, he didn't um, merit that price and I think it would have been a waste of money now I'm looking at him going in the right situation he could score you 15 20 goals a season sure um i don't know how many he's on now but but he he could score regularly 15 20 goals and and provide maybe eight to ten assists as well and um, he's kind of playing in a withdrawn role under simeone and atletico obviously famously don't don't create that many chances so i mean i think him in in the proper environment uh could be could be um, what maybe Atletico thought Joe Felix was going to be so the 55 million that Atletico and that's probably why Simeone maybe didn't want to let him go either because he saw something in him and, and uh, yeah I think Correa uh, is is showing now that he, he would have been worth that fee and, 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 and that number probably wasn't too far off the mark I think He's certainly showing that this season really over the past calendar year his consistency has just been well beyond anything else any other patch of form in his career he was for the first four or five years of his career a, a really frustrating player who showed he had this in his locker but uh, it never really came out consistently the past calendar year give or take he has he's been the player that he was touted to be coming out of Argentina when Atletico bought him from San Lorenzo uh, in 2014 He's been great, and without him, I shudder to think where Atletico would be uh, without his team leading 10 goals. Yeah, he's genuinely got a shot at 15, 17 goals in all comps this year if he keeps it up, and he's been healthy throughout the season. Hopefully, for Atletico's sake, that continues. Uh, they will they will need him. Um, he, he'll be available against Levante. Felipe Montero will not, Robbie, after his... Uh, uh, the highest of high boots against Mauro Arambari before the hour. Uh, just this filthy. Um, no idea what he's thinking. Completely lost his head. And I don't think, really think it's a coincidence the team improved without Felipe. Uh, ooh, there, there's been chatter that Atletico were going to give him a two-year renewal. I don't know why they would. Yeah, weird. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no, like seriously dangerous. I was going to say. So Atletico didn't appeal it then, no? Not um, that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, how can, <laughs> no, how can you appeal that? 
I, I know, I was only joking. Yeah, I mean, geez, <laughs> the, the most, the most, um, the most ambitious appeal, but the most optimistic appeal of all time. But no, I mean, really, really, kind of a dangerous tackle too. Aaron Barry, kind of, it, it frightened him. It really shocked him that he was after getting kicked there. And uh, yeah, I mean, the referee had no no choice other than to give him the red card. Um, yeah, maybe Atletico are banking on the fact that. Felipe isn't getting too many offers at the moment, and that he they can get him on a reduced on a reduced wage, and that he won't be this bad again. Um, I, I I I'm not sure. I mean, uh, he doesn't. Who who starts for Brazil? Does he start for Brazil? No. No, he. I don't think he's made, got a Brazil cap in the last year. Yeah. So I mean. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what Atletico's thinking is behind that, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're kind of thinking it, 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 it can't, it can't stay this bad, can it? <laughs> they're banking on some kind of regression to, to the mean, but, uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's been a liability this season. Same with her also, and um, yeah, I, I wonder is is Jimenez available on on Wednesday? If he tests negative, I I assume he'll be in contention, but it's a quick turnaround. Uh, Carrasco won't be him and as I suppose could be because he tested positive before a few days before Carrasco so uh, Atletico will need him and as back uh, the uh, the points per match with him and as in the team versus him and as out the team is is pretty staggering the diff the difference is pretty wild yeah and I was actually just thinking about him recently in that he hasn't been the player we thought he was going to turn into but he does offer some kind, a little bit more solidity than the than than the rest, and I think Simeone is gone back to a four four two now, and 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 probably will stick with that with Reynaldo playing there, um, and with Watts coming back in a couple of weeks, I think he'll probably stick with that. So he only needs two healthy central defenders, and um, with Savage and Jimenez, I think you've got your pair, and then Hermoso and Felipe as as um, Plan B. Assuming Jimenez and Savage are healthy, yes, but it, it's difficult because at least one of the two of them is going to miss a, a big chunk of games. They both have missed games already this season. Uh, Jimenez has had multiple absences. Savage missed a couple months with an injury. So if they can both stay fit and available and in the team, it could work out just fine. But question is, are they going to be healthy enough? Um, because Felipe can't keep playing. <laughs> Felipe is defensive instincts are, are just gone he takes so many wild risks and chances that he doesn't need to take that you could never imagine Godin or Miranda taking uh, Felipe is just not at the level required and Hermoso hasn't been either but um, I will give him credit and Simeone as well for changing the game through his substitutions all three of DePaul, Joao Felix and Hermoso contributed to the winning goal DePaul took the free kick um uh, uh, Felix hit the diving header across the face of goal that Hermoso touched down and then hit the overhead kick past David Soria. Uh, Her Hermoso is such an interesting player to me because he plays with this confidence that uh, doesn't seem warranted, that doesn't seem like he should be playing with. And I think that confidence and perhaps outrageous self-belief is the reason why he can pull off stuff like an overhead kick in the 89th minute and then do things like concede that penalty against Liverpool earlier this year or play such a terrible game against Barcelona last week. He's such a weird player, uh, but without him, Atletico would not have um, those extra points they picked up against Valencia and Atafe that could be decisive in the top four race. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think that's also why it's just so hard to, well, it's it's so hard to 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 talk about um, player development and and what makes certain uh, and kind of figure out what it is that that separates the cream of the crop from the rest. And and it's it, Hermoso physically, um, technically, c- can do it all. The problem is. Like you look at a guy like Virgil Van Dijk or someone like that, and he plays right on the edge, but he's always in control. Diego Godin is a good example, right on the edge, but always in control. Mm. Obviously, it can spill over every now and again, but it's a rare, it's a rare event. With Hermoso, he's doing that, but but it, it, too often he lets his emotions get the better of him, or he or he, he commits it, and and that's they, these are the tiny things that make the big difference. Like because Hermoso. And, and and he has that kind of a swagger because he is a, a ball playing centre back and then he, and that's how he fancies himself, uh, and that's who he was at Espanyol. Yep. Um, he, and he and that's who he was originally initially with Atletico, and then he he can still be that guy and uh, that ball playing left sided centre defender in a back three, and I think technically and physically he has it. It's just mentally where does he where does he go he go he, he just goes sometimes and, and it's hard to um it's hard to stamp that out but it's also uh, important to protect him from himself in, and, and not put him in those situations but having said that too there are times that, that you have to defend and you, you can't protect him all the time unless you just sit him on the bench so that's up to him to develop and I don't know if those kind of wild streaks I don't know if you can ever get them out of uh, a player so um, so yeah like I mean uh, Hermoso is really interesting because he is he does offer something to Atletico as a left sided centre back who can also kind of sometimes play as a full back and likes to kind of push forward and get involved in the passing game but uh, and who can score bicycle kicks, but then at the same time, <laughs> but then at the same time, lose you a game against Liverpool with a with with, with ridiculous um, uh, decision making. It, he's kind of a test case for where Atletico are. Uh, the unpredictability, the wild swings in momentum, and 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 the the consistently shifting variables uh he's really emblematic of where atletico are both positively and negatively because you never know which mario hermoso you're gonna get it's the two the two game winning goals in three weeks to complete two uh, bonkers rallies or the guy who is a, a defensive liability alongside felipe especially when they play together um big very important action from joao felix setting up that goal for hermoso and i i don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season hopefully for his sake that that's a turning point for him individually he's uh, able to kick on from there we haven't really we talked about it on the last couple podcasts we haven't really seen it yet where neither of us is particularly sure that we're going to but that was an important moment for him it, it showed that he's willing to do a little bit of dirty work you know a diving header between two players very instinctive play and turned out to be a winning play yeah and and and, but but I guess this is what we've been talking about, uh, for a while now. In that, getting him into those situations, not 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 crosses into the box per se, but giving him chances to touch the ball when he's facing goal, and um, uh, 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 and and he he can do damage. He has good vision. He has good um, 
he's able to kind of he's, he's kind of playing a step or two ahead of of the, of the defense, and, and I, I think it's just a matter of him getting enough game time to to work himself into to to, to kind of understand what's the best way to affect this Atletico Madrid team and the problem is and has been and will probably continue to be is that he's playing 30 minutes with different surrounding cast then he's starting for and he gets injured and then he gets suspended and then he he doesn't start two games and then he comes on for 15 minutes with Atletico 3-0 down and he's just there's no consistency there for him and 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 we won't rehash that whole discussion but 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 because partly it is fault, but it's also um, you, you can't expect a player to develop properly when he's not being given that uh, game time. But then at the same time, this is the kind of contradiction of the whole thing in that when you are given a chance, you have to prove that you're worth it next time, which Joe Felix hasn't done. So yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's a. Uh, uh, it's a kind of a catch twenty two situation with Joe Phoenix at the moment, but I think that that kind of quality and that kind of uh, ability to change games, he still has that. That hasn't gone away. It's just a matter of whether he's given the chances to to, to show it and and he's put into the right environment uh, situations is. Uh, remains to be seen. And we both read his athletic interview with Dermot. Uh, he's a very confident kid. Uh, but again, whether it's warranted or not is another discussion. But he's a he's very ambitious he wants to win the Ballon d'Or he wants to win multiple trophies at Portugal and at club level um, who knows whether it's going to be Atletico or not but he's a guy who who talks a big game and hasn't always backed it up and against Levante on Wednesday Robbie is a big chance for him to do so this is a must win for Atletico as we switch gears to the game in hand that they're going to make up at the Wanda Metropolitano Wednesday night Levante are awful, <laughs> objectively awful. One win this season, the entire year, uh, almost certainly going to get relegated. And they have won only one of the past 12 meetings with Atletico in Madrid, but that one win was last year, uh, the 2-0 victory uh, that kind of started the second-half tailspin for Los Rojiblancos. Uh, we know that Levante always give Atletico a very tough game um, away at the Ciudad de Valencia, uh, but they have one win from 23 this season, Robbie. Um, knowing what we know about Atletico and the unpredictability contained therein, do Levante have a serious shot at an upset, or will Atletico shut up shop and get uh, and cruise to three points here? Back back to the point I made earlier. I think it just kind of depends on which Atletico Madrid decides to show up. How yeah. the how the kind of how the game presents itself to them in that. Because because I find this Atletico team is very reactive to what's happening rather than putting their stamp on the game. Um, we don't even know if they have a stamp, but 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 it's 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 rarely uh, it's rarely decided. This is how we are going to play. It's more kind of what 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 does the game present to us today and let's play within the confines of these rules that have been set out as soon as the first whistle blows uh, that could turn into Atletico conceding an early goal Atletico score an early goal and just kind of uh, going with the flow and that that's kind of what Atletico are right now they just go with the flow and you said it earlier can they win enough games in, by going with the flow they have enough talent to if you just go with the flow against Levante and, and go man on man, uh, let's let's uh, let's just 
go um, stand toe to toe here and go with them. Atletico Madrid should should beat Levante um, uh, comfortably, but whether or not Atletico decide to uh, um, <laughs> fall apart at the back or not, that remains to be seen. So. Uh, yeah, again, it's, they, they should beat them comfortably, but whether or not they will is, is an entirely different question. But 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 just, I know we're talking about Levante now, but this is actually kind of, and I know that it's different because um, Real Madrid had Cristiano Ronaldo, and, and I'm not saying that Atletico are going to win the Champions League, but like this is the kind of situation, like you're playing Manchester United now in the in the in the Champions League, and that's a winnable game. Yeah. You just embrace the chaos, go with it, and you've got plenty of talent there to maybe to maybe win something. And 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 once, and and, and, again, and again, I'm not saying the Atletico Madrid are the favorite; they're going to win the Champions League. I would highly, highly doubt that they will. But it's not out out of the realm of possibility either. Like that, they kind of just go on a little bit of a run, and maybe because like this this whole debate we were having about expected goals and Atletico's tactics and stuff like that. I don't think I don't think it's it's good. It's not good. But I also don't think it's as bad as what we've seen. Fix a couple of those mistakes. Uh, Suarez maybe hits a tiny patch of form, which is completely within the realms of possibility. Joe Felix hits a bit of form. Simeone just kind of hits, like lands on a, on a formation he likes. Correa keeps doing what he does. Uh, you've got Reynildo uh, solidifying things and and Condogbi the side Koke. And all of a sudden, I mean, the sky is not the limit for Atletico because they've shot themselves in the foot to the point where they're not going to catch um, the leaders in La Liga. But but there, there is still a couple of months left here where they can maybe do something good. And I wouldn't be putting my money, any money on that, on it happening. But it, but it is within the realm of possibility. And, 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 and I think the debate over whether or not Simeone has lost it, I don't think it's as bad as, as it's looked. And, and again, it's not good, but I think it's kind of somewhere in between. And if he can just kind of get, get, kind of figure, figure one or two, fix one or two of these things, and all of a sudden, Atletico are a, are a very dangerous beast in, in in the Champions League, and and possibly um, for for the for the for a maybe a top three spot. So um, so yeah, we'll see. And and. Uh, it, it should be whatever happens. It should be. I won't say fun because I don't think. It, <laughs> but it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting. And in the Champions League, it's from this point on. It's only seven games to the final, and we we have seen Champions League winners in the past that may not have quote unquote deserved it. But you get on a run, you know, freak things occur, like like the expected goal discrepancies and and other. Statistical uh, and yeah. yeah, statistical oddities like that—they don't really matter, and and that's short of competition. So who knows? I absolutely think Atletico can get past Man United. Like the two teams are—they have similar flaws um, in in terms of the playing style, the structure, the personnel, and how they're deployed. So I, I it's really that's going to be a shootout. And if Atletico can find some way to um, to uh, kind of. Uh, exercise or you know, those ghosts of the past with re- with respect to Cristiano Ronaldo, then I think Atletico can absolutely get through. Um, probably not going to go much farther than the quarterfinal, but given how poorly the team has played the majority of the season, I, I think there will be 
quite a few people who would say, hey, Atletico gets to the last eight of the Champions League. That That's not too shabby a return, uh, considering they were almost, they almost finished bottom of their group. Um, and what we can say about Atletico this year is that they can score goals. Like, uh, this Atletico does have that capacity. Um, only Betis and Madrid have scored more goals than Atletico have this season. Uh, granted, Atleti are in the, the bottom half of La Liga when it comes to goals conceded, but they can score. And this is why I think their best shot from here on out in La Liga and the Champions League, especially in the Champions League with the away goals rule now taken out of the rule book, uh, just outscore as many teams as you can. Stack the deck accordingly to where you can... Um, like, don't completely ignore the defensive side of the game. Simeone never will. Uh, a pragmatist never does. But this is the way Atletico are, are going to win enough games. Whether they actually do it uh, with uh, through all this chaos is we'll, is, we'll see. It's up for debate. We've been debating it for the last half hour or so. But, yeah, this Levante game Wednesday is massive. Uh, Levante have the worst defense in La Liga. They've conceded 50 times. They have one win, 11 points from 23 games. This has got to be a victory to get a little bit of breathing space um, against Barcelona, La Real, Villarreal, even Athletic, who are still hanging out around the top six. And then you have the United game uh, in a little over a week. And I I think it's definitely winnable. I think that's a, a tie that Atletico are going to have to embrace the chaos, particularly with the away goals rule uh, no longer emboldening them to play defensively, to play negatively. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's see. I mean, from here on out, it's a, it's a, it's a lottery. So uh, buy your ticket and settle in for the ride. That's right. Enjoy the ride. Uh, that'll do it for us on this edition of the program. Uh, Robbie, thank you so much for hopping on today. No problem at all, Jeremy. I'm, I'm sure we'll be back on Wednesday anyway. Yes, we'll be back in just a couple days' time for uh, Atletico and Levante. We're going to talk about that on the next edition of Colch Nero Chat. In the meantime, keep it here on Into the Calderon uh, on social media, on our Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash Colch Nero Chat. You can also subscribe to the show on Spotify, uh, the Colch Nero Chat and the Partido a Partido podcast, uh, both available on Spotify as part of the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe and listen. Thank you all for listening to this edition. We'll chat with you soon. Adios.